The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Chelsea had to, Frank Lampard said before the game, we got to change this roster, we got to get new guys in there because we're playing two times in 48 hours. Aston Villa did not do that. Mm. Do you think that Chelsea was fresher than Aston Villa or no? I, I think it's pretty obvious to anybody who watched that game. There was no difference in terms of how the energy levels looked on both teams. Tons of credit to Aston Villa. Disappointing if you're a Chelsea fan. Watching that with the changes with the results, with expecting a reaction after the manager's comments after the last game, but they look flat, uninspired. They look like they're not enjoying their football. You look mm. at Aston Villa, the way that they play, they can't wait to get on the ball. They look like they're enjoying it. And I know the results have been better for them, but for Chelsea, it looks like it's a struggle. It looks like it's a struggle right now, and that's not a good look for Frank Lampard. These results, those players out there that don't really look like they're plenty with any, playing with any desperation until the last two minutes of the match for me. I, I think one of the things is when you talk about tiredness... And I'm sure Robbie can, can relate to this as well. There's physical tiredness and there's mental tiredness uh, within sport. And mental tiredness is far more difficult to deal with than physical tiredness. Aston Villa are a team doing really well away from home, having a great season. They, they look fresh. They look able to continue and keep going. Whereas Chelsea, I think there's a mental tiredness there. I think there's a lot of pressure on them. I think the fact that they've scored goals first and then conceded and not got anything from the game or just got a draw, I think that's really affected them. You think Aston Villa has been maybe the most impressive team this year? Just in what they've done in comparison to last year? Yes, 100%. I think the transfer dealings and the fact that they nearly went down last season, I think they've been absolutely magnificent. And Dean Smith deserves a lot of credit. Well, Frank, you asked for a reaction after Boxing Day. Did you get it? Yeah, they're definitely in performance. Started really well. Uh, Villa had some moments, but dealt with them in the first half and came through the first half really strong, get a goal that we deserved. Um, second half, concede when we got a man on the floor. That's kind of the run we're in at the minute. And, um, and then we pushed. We pushed and we couldn't find... Uh, the like, Couldn't break the deadlock in the end to get the win, but attitude-wise, effort-wise, some of the play was really good against a good team. Wanted competition between Ollie and Tammy, and Ollie comes up with a goal and gives you more selection problems. Yeah, he, he does, and it was great for him to get that. He gets on the end of things in the box, and we, we have to deliver for him, and, and we did with a great build-up to that goal as well. So, uh, yeah, a positive from Ollie uh, tonight. Again, just disappointed. I th as I say, all the players, nobody let me down tonight. Everyone worked. After playing two days ago, it was a tough match for us. Um, yeah, actually, was great. We just didn't quite get the, the, the rubber to green in a way. Frank, there's been some breaking news throughout today about game being postponed between Manchester City and Everton because of COVID. What's your position there? How much communication have you had? How much is it on your mind about the whole situation? With City, 
Um, I, I was only aware of it before the game, and, and I wasn't focused on it at all from our point of view. I had to focus on this, obviously, but something we'll discuss considering we've got them at the weekend um, and see what the position is. I'm, I'm not absolutely clear on the rules in terms of COVID cases, how many and what happens and that. So it's something I'll have to pick up with our medical team and the, and the Premier League. It's also happening with Morecambe as well, who are your next opponents after that. So potentially there could be a, a long break for you without any football. What, what would that mean to the club? We'll have to cross that bridge if it comes. If that's the case, we can't... You know, COVID is strange times for all of us for different reasons. And um, I think we all sense that this month or the next period might be a tough one with what's been happening pre-Christmas. Um, with COVID in general and uh, the surge and the, the difficulties that the public have got and football has as well. So um, secondary will be football in a sense. If we don't play those games, we'll keep working, we'll keep everyone safe. That's first and foremost. Do you feel there is a bit of a public service keeping the football going, obviously as safe as possible? No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for us to feel like that because it's our job. It's just our job and we try and turn it, churn it out. And I think the Premier League and, and clubs have done a great job in, t in trying to keep football game, whether it be restart, whether it be this season, in difficult circumstances, to be fair. Um, so let's hope we can keep it going. So, Robbie, what'd you think about the, the football game? Frank seemed happy, please. Yeah, which surprised me, if he is, if he really is happy with that, with the results they've had against the Aston Villa side that pretty much had the same team as played two days ago. I didn't think there was a lot of good football. I agree that Drew's goal was really good, a uh, bit of build-up play and a great cross-in, but I didn't see too much of that in the game. So I would disagree with Frank there. Uh, you know, maybe he wants to try and get positive again with his football club, but he can't be happy, Danny, but, you know, not beating Aston Villa. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think what he's probably doing is comparing the two performances. Hmm. You know, it's, it, it's often when you hear Frank Lampard talk, he talks about the commitment, talks about the energy levels and what have you. And if you're comparing Arsenal to Villa, it was a better performance. But yeah, like Robbie said, I think Frank will want more from his team. Yeah, the question is, where do they go from here? It's a deep team, too, and you figure this is a situation where a deep team should be able to perform. Um, only to be able to get the, uh, the one point against Aston Villa today for Frank Lampard's squad. Sean, it's been reported in the last 24 hours a, a takeover deal for the club has been agreed in principle. Can you shed any more light on that? No, not at the moment. I haven't spoken to the chairman or the board uh, about it. I haven't been offered any insight, so... Uh... You can tell me. Perhaps some positive news to end 2020. Well, we'll see. Until I know different, then I'll just have to wait and see what happens. According to reports, the ownership takeover of Burnley is expected to be completed in the next 48 hours with American firm ALK Capital. The company has been trying to conclude the takeover in time for manager Sean Dyche to bolster the squad in the upcoming transfer window. Sean didn't want to talk about it yet. It's not official yet, but according to reports, should be within the next 48 hours. Arsenal got the win. Burnley a 1-0 win as well. 0-0 draw. Southampton, West Ham, five goals for Leeds. And you just saw Manchester United get the 1-0 win over Wolves. we got full highlights of all those games coming up in a little bit later on Goal Zone. But first, we start with this. Ahmed Farid, Robbie Earl, Robbie Musto. Guys, here's the game winner. Uh, Robbie Earl didn't look like that we were going to get a game winner. It didn't. We're getting to injury time. And to be fair, I mean, Musto is sitting here and say it's just going to need a moment from somebody on the pitch in the red of United to make it happen and no surprise the two people involved. Bruno Fernandes with the ball. Wolves are maybe a little bit high late in the game. Watch how he turns. Sees the run clearly onside. Now it's all about Rashford's ability, quality, danger in the 18-yard box. Defenders back off. He can go right, he can go left. He sets it up off his left foot, gets a deflection offside. He's finding his way into the back of the net. 
I just making a note. Bruno Fernandes can't do it every week. And yet, of course, he's involved here. It's a lovely ball over the top. But United did need this deflection. It's a good moment for Marcus Rashford. He's capable of doing this. Talked about they're a threat United when there's space in behind. This is the prime example. But again, Roman Saiz reaches in there. He turns his back there. Just deflects off of him and goes into the corner. They will take it. It, mm. it wasn't pretty at times. And, and i got to say... For long periods of that game, United were bang out of, of ideas to try and break down a well-organised Wolverhampton Wanderers. But again, it's, in the, it's about the goal, it's about the three points, it's about going for second and table mm -hmm. for them. So let's give some credit to Wolves right now, because yeah. it looked like they were going to walk away with a point here with a super, super young team, a lot yeah. of players that don't have a whole lot of Premier League experience. For the most part, they played Manchester United to a draw. They did, but the thing they'll learn is that you've got to see it, see it out. You've got to not be... Uh, as pushed up as, as they were to allow the space in behind. But they had good possession. Once or twice, I'm thinking if they can get Traore one-on-one with Maguire, they could even nick this game. So from going position where they thought, that's a really good point, to, to lose all three in that manner will hurt them and, and the manager. But um, you know what, in, in a way, and, and Rob said, we're critical of United at times, mm. and, and, and rightly so, but they're second in the table now. And they're two points behind Liverpool. And if things go differently on, on match weight 16, they could go top of the table. And Leicester City, the year they won the title, weren't brilliant every week and, and found a way and, and had individuals, a Mares or a Vardy, who got them goals. Manchester United look like they've got the same. It's not brilliant football by any means. They're not totally controlling the game. And but should the they up. be, Rob? Well, should they be doing they, better than that? You, you should would, they you need like a deflection? So, Rob, but right now, if you're Manchester United, you're setting on the table in the position. I know, I know, You take all the good from that I and know. not necessarily go to the but, negative. But, but, but wouldn't you expect now a Man United team at home against a very, very young and mm. inexperienced mm. world side totally to, to, to create more, to be more of a threat in the wide areas? Mm. Edison Cavani had nothing. No. Had nothing apart from straight balls, kind of difficult angles. You know, the wide, the wide play from fullbacks was poor. And I get it. I get where they are in the league yeah. table right now. Yeah. But, wow, that was almost dropped points in, in a bad way. But, but they found a way through, um, a full credit. But, pff, wow. You can make that argument that they found a way to win the game, and that's what a team needs yeah. to do is it's learning how to become the second-best team in the Premier League. What about Marcus Rashford and how much he has stepped up? He had just two goals his first nine Premier League appearances, <clears throat> now five goals in the last five Premier League appearances. We've talked about them needing a leader. Is Marcus Rashford that guy for it, them? He is a leader. He is a leader in his way. I mean, the, the runs that he makes are... There's no player in the Premier League that makes better forward runs in behind. And now Bruno Fernandes is the guy that can play him. We saw this right at the end of the game. We've seen it all season long. That's so valuable. He's not a guy really easy to, to create too much when there's a lot of people around you. But you give him space in behind, he is sensational. And we saw it again there. 51 Premier League goals. Like I said, third youngest to do it behind Ronaldo and, and Rooney. Mm -hmm. Probably not a more important one in terms of what this does to the football club. In terms of how, what reflect this is. Best of the rest, you said to, be, to me before, can they be to Liverpool? They are. And I just think with Marcus Rashford, we, we have to remember what he's been doing off the pitch mm -hmm. in terms of the, the feeding children and, and pushing the parliament and talking about you know, more books in schools and all these things. And he puts himself at a little bit of a danger there because some people are ready to criticise him. If the football stops going sure. right, they'd be honest about, oh, Rashford's concentrating too many on other things. Mm -hmm. He was the guy today who looked most likely, and in the end it happened, that he got, he got them all three points. So huge credit to him for what he's doing, not only off the yeah. pitch, but on it now. As Having well. no effect to him on the pitch, perhaps mm. it's helping him Correct. on It'll the be pitch more inspiring, yeah. Marcus Rashford, the game winner. Let's hear from him. Marcus, your 51st Premier League goal for Manchester United, but uh, as important as any of the others, many of the others? Yeah, it's, it's the deciding goal, and 
Um, probably not, not the most beautiful goal, but you know, we'll take what we, what we can get and we'll take the three points and, and move on. And today was tough, tough game, and um, you know, we expected a tough game, but you know, at, at the end of the day, we managed to get over the line. Talk us through the goal because when you, you cut inside, there, there wasn't a great deal on. No, but he, the, the fullback, he, I think he got cramp a few, a few minutes before, so I just had in my head that next time I get the ball, I'm going to try and go at him and make him, make him chop and, and turn and um, just see if I can make something happen. And you know, thankfully in the end we got a deflection and it went in. The Wolves have been hard for you to beat. Uh, you haven't yeah. managed in the, in the Premier League until now. So, what does this say about you when you, you didn't play as well as you wanted to? Clearly, but yeah. you've got the result. Yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, we're obviously a little bit disappointed that we, like you say, we didn't play as well as we as we wanted to or as we could have. But at the end of the day, it's it's three points, and um, no matter how scrappy and how tough they are, we'll we'll take them as they come. And how important? You look at the table now. United second, two points behind Liverpool. Played the same amount of games. How important might that result be? That goal be now? Um, I think for us, we can't look too far ahead. I think. You know, like you said, we're, we're a team that's still doing a lot of work on ourselves, and to be, you know, looking at the table and so so early on in the season is is a bit stupid of us. But you know, we have to take it one game at a time, and if we can keep finding ways to win like this, then we'll see where we are coming into the season. You, you found a way to win tonight, all right. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back-to-back victories for the first time since the opening couple of games of the season. That must end the old year in style for you. Well, I said uh, this week that winning is the best medicine against any illness. And uh, for sure, this one is going to make us uh, really good. I think it was a convincing way. I think it was a tricky game, very different to the Chelsea game with the proposal they had for the game against us. Um, it took us a while in the first half to understand how we had to attack this block, but in the second half we talked about it, we came out and we created four or five big chances straight away, scored a really good goal, and then it was about managing the game. You see everybody's really leggy, everybody's cramping, and in the Premier League you have to be able to manage the games at the end. So back-to-back wins for Arsenal. Mikel Arteta smiling in his post-game <laughs> presence. Are they fixed? Are things good now uh, for Arsenal? Things, things have stopped being bad. And I think that was the important step. I think Mikel Arteta had to show everybody that he could stop the shocking decline mm. of this club and the results. And the result against Chelsea, of course, was the headline result, but needed to maintain that and needed to, needed to keep going. He said before the game they need to go on a, a run of wins yeah. now. It wasn't always great, but I don't expect that from Arsenal team right now that very much... 
Maybe they've got to rock bottom, Rob. We talked about it on our podcast mm. a few times. Where's right. Arsenal's rock bottom? Maybe we've seen that. Mm. Maybe this is the signs of, of finding a way. OK, let's get, a, let's get this team balanced up again. Mm. Some young players have had a little bit. And that was, it's, it's certainly getting better now for us. Today was important in, in some respects because his team won without particularly playing that well. He didn't have the effervescence, didn't have the profile of that game against Chelsea. But they got the job done. And, and what I particularly liked is... The combination of Saka's youthful speed and ability on one side and then the Lacazette finishes is the control. And it's that combination that's going to get Arsenal out of it. It's not just the kids and it's not just the great players. It's a combination of the two. And then Bukayo Saka, they have got one of the talents of the Premier League. He's as important to that football club as Aubameyang, as Lacazette, as Thomas Partey because he... Wants to play for the football club and keeps delivering wherever okay, he Rob. plays. He got an injury later. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he's okay. Yeah, and, um, yeah. He's been so but important for him. Right. Absolutely right. Big win for Arsenal. Brighton's got to be careful here. A lot of draws for them. Haven't been able to pick up full three points in a lot of these games. They're currently 17. So one goal in that game. Carl, you walked over all smiles. I take it that's a team performance that you're proud of tonight. Yeah, I think it's a terrific effort from us. I think uh, we've got Man City away and then Liverpool at home. And... Um, Man City away can blow you away and I thought we stayed in the game and we did brilliantly there and then to come here and grind out a point against the champions is um, credit to the lads and the work rate to, to come off the back of playing two top sides um, in four days so um, it's a good point for us and we can build now On Prime Video we've been So Carl Darlow mm -hmm. fantastic mm -hmm. and the Liverpool players will be seeing him in their nightmares at this point but if yeah. you're Liverpool I mean the opportunities are there. Mm. The build-up is there. Yeah. What do you take away from this match? What I take away is Liverpool's attack, um, sharp as it can be, met a Newcastle defence that was outstanding. And Caldola was part of it. Clark, Fernandez, and Cher, as three centre-backs, did their job brilliantly. The two wing-backs in front, it was a team effort. Again, Liverpool have had the chances and not put them away. They were static in midfield, didn't have that, that driving run that, that you'd expect. Moved the ball slowly at times, that allowed Newcastle to get back. And a draw against West Bromwich Albion and a draw now against Newcastle United is not the way they wanted to end this, this year. That's been a brilliant year in terms of winning titles, but now can they hang on to it? Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that mm. after the West Brom match, Jurgen Klopp said, we don't live in dreamland and just win football matches because we want to win them. Some of that was talking about the work rate. What do you think of the work rate today? I think when you look at Liverpool, they are a team that, you know, along with Leeds United, their work rate is never questioned. And I think it would be unfair to question the work rate today in terms of, are they just thought they were going to go to Newcastle and get a result. I think the intensity in which they play with, the amount of games that they've had recently, it's going to have an effect. There's no doubt about it. But the one thing that would be concerning me if I'm Jurgen Klopp was the home form and the away form. Yes, they drew with West Brom at home, but 10 more points at home. You know, not scoring as many away from home. That would be the concern for me that they're struggling away from home. The home form's absolutely fine. What do you make of that? Because obviously you're not dealing with fans. It's not an intimidation factor. It's... Listen, it's this kind of year, and what that does give now is hope to the rest of the group. Manchester United are at the top of the chasing pack, and it's not going to be a Liverpool, I don't think, that's going to have 8, 10, 12 points clear. It's going to go close, and Liverpool will have to scrap some results out, where last year, when the finishing is good, we'll see the great games and the 7 nils against Crystal Palace. Yeah. On those other days, we're going to see some 1-1s and some nil nils, and you know they're going to have to take those points as well. Jürgen, you found solutions to every problem last season. As this indicated, it might be a bit tougher this time around. 
Well, we found a lot of solutions today in the game. Created chances, crazy chances, unbelievable big chances. Didn't use them, that's true, that's why it's nil-nil. But I like the game. Um, and yes, there are different draws in, in, in your life. And this is one uh, which I, we are not happy about the, the result, obviously, but I'm really fine with the performance because that's the way we have to play. That's the way we have to create. That's the way we have to protect. And um, we did all that. And so, um, yeah, still, of course, disappointing, but it's how it is. Watching you on the sidelines towards the end, I could sense that maybe you felt you could get a goal towards the dying minutes. Yeah. yeah, actually, we were, yeah, you, you think about that and how can you, we had all these moments, we were, look, it's normal, but the Newcastle then went down, Cher had, I don't know how many moments where he thought he feels something and um, um, that's fine, but it breaks the rhythm, so and we had rhythm, but then and we had to keep going and um, how is that, the direction, some of the situations will not be mentioned as chances, but they defended with all they had, and, but still then we were in front of, alone in front of the goal, but after the corner kick, when the goalie missed the ball, couldn't finish that off, played super football, um, when Mo had his chance, Trent has a super finish, where somebody brought a body in between, I think that could have been a goal as well, first half had already big, big chances, so, um, Look, I watch a, few, a lot of football games in my life, and you always have to, after the game, you just have to respect the result. But what you have to take of it is the, uh, what was right and what was wrong. And about the performance, I have not a lot of wrong things to say apart from the finishing. And that will not stay like this forever. I know the boys good enough that I know they will finish these situations off next time if we get them again. Getting them again means we have to play like this and in moments, of course, better like this and um, what we can do. Um, and then we will win football games, that's it. And um, that's pretty much all as well. Overall, you finished 2020 top of the table. And considering everything you've had to deal with, injury-wise in particular, are you happy with that? I, the, the, the last thing, actually, where, what I'm thinking about is our position in the table in the moment. It's, it's nice, but doesn't mean anything. And um, we've just, you see with all... We drew now the last two games and are still top of the table in a very difficult season. It just shows how difficult the season is for everybody. So, um, other teams won maybe last night and, and, and are now in, 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 a, in a very good mood. We are in a good mood. It's as good as possible. What I said, if life gives you a lemon, make lemonade of it. That's how it is and that's what we try all the time. And, and when I think about football, yes, it, these are the moments where we really enjoy Live in the moment, but all around is obviously not too, not that easy to enjoy. It's for all of us, very for all people in the world, it's really difficult. We all thought we are kind of through it, or hope we are through it. And winter came and stuff like this, and then next next wave came and these things. So that's in, in my mind. We have to, we will keep going. That's how it is. The next game, Southampton, Aston Villa. United, all these kind of things. That, that's that's good, and we, we we know about our responsibility. We try to do everything right around, and want to be ready for the games. The boys were ready tonight and didn't get the result we wanted. That's not the worst the the, 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 the worst thing in life. There are more difficult things to deal with in the moment. There's no doubt about that. But you know, he said that you have to respect the end result. Different draws. It sounds like this is mm -hmm. one he can live with yeah. compared to some other ones. Let's just talk reaction to his reaction here. I thought that was an excellent press conference. Didn't see any of the disappointment that, that came out and, and frustration that came out of West Bromwich Albion. Talked about his team 
doing the things they needed to do, create some big moments in the game. When you've got Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino and Sadio Mane, have got 24 goals between them. Usually on any given day, one of them finds the back of the net. Today, none of them did. So, great defending, great goalkeeping, stopped that. Mm. But he, it makes me feel like he wanted to keep a little bit of positivity yeah. around the football club. And I thought, he did, I thought that was a really, really excellent press conference. What struck you? <sighs> you can see the disappointment from the West Brom game, taking the lead, quite a few chances. He probably looked at the Liverpool team after that game and probably thought a little bit naivety, thought the game was won. They continue to try and win this game today and that's why you can see the difference. Okay, both games only gave one point, but it was a different performance today. It wasn't for the want of trying, whereas against West Brom, they allowed West Brom back into the game. Newcastle were absolutely magnificent defensively and I think that's where Klopp's coming from is in terms of positive. You've got to also think of what's coming. Southampton... And then Manchester United is the next game mm. for Liverpool. That could be a huge game at this stage in the season. So, again, adversity with all the injuries and, you know, no Matip again and, and Nat Phillips in the team. He's got an, it's another point towards where they want to get to. And he said it's not about places at the moment. It's about feeling in the dressing room. I thought, just thought he's left a good feeling with the yeah. players. Yeah, it was fascinating. One thing that stays with me is he said, uh, get lemons, you make lemonade. lemonade. He's a Liverpool. There, there aren't that many lemons. <laughs> You're not getting lemons that often. And Jurgen Klopp's will these lemons. Yeah, well, he's, and he's making lemonade, I guess, a lot then at this point. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.